it's the latest edition of the Unnamed Soccer Podcast. The Unnamed Soccer Podcast brought to you by Three Punk Ales in Chula Vista. It is also brought to you by Sport Clips, two amazing sponsors on the Unnamed Soccer Podcast. Um, this one's going to be a little bit different. No Darren Smith with me today. Today, a little bit different. We're actually like out. We're out of the studio. We're typically at iHeart. Now the Unnamed Soccer Podcast out of iHeart and into the offices here on the campus of San Diego State as we get introduced for the first time to the new head coach of San Diego State's men's soccer team. He is Ryan Hopkins, and we're sitting in a brand new, it looks to me, coach, like a brand new office. Like I said before, I, I can't smell the paint, but the paint does look new. That's what they tell me, that it's it's brand new uh, paint, but tried to keep some of the, tra- the traditions here that came before me. I think it's uh, there is some rich history um, in, in the program with a 1987 finalist appearance in uh, Division One and some, some good performances in the Pac-12 in the past, and just looking forward to building on some of those. Welcome to San Diego. Wel- welcome back to Southern California. <laughs> Yeah, couldn't be more excited to be back in Southern California, friends and family and colleagues. It's just an exciting place to be, and it's an exciting time to be um, a fan of San Diego State. I think what the basketball team is doing, what the football team has been able to do, um, some of the other sports, baseball obviously has been, has been perennial power. Um, we're just hoping to bring uh, bring the program to the same level. So for those who don't know, tell us where you grew up. So I grew up in uh, Huntington Beach, California. Went to high school, Huntington Beach High School, um, and then went to graduated high school, went to Concordia University in Irvine, played there for four years and, and started coaching. Uh, right when I got out of college, didn't know that's what I wanted to do. I was actually a pre-law major in college uh and um, my path went differently from law school and here i am as uh, your new head coach wow you were pre-law and then you yep. ended up being a soccer coach yes. you could not have picked two more different <laughs> things at all i figured the world had enough lawyers and maybe they have enough soccer coaches too but who knows um but yeah just it, it was something uh i felt like i had a calling and i i started it really to be honest just as a way i didn't have to move home and after that, just really started to enjoy it, really started working with kids and um, helping them shave, shape their futures. And that's really kind of my passion and, and mission of why I've stayed in college soccer. All right. So you've, you've been a coach at a couple stops now. So yep. you have a quick history on where you've been yeah. af- after playing collegiately. Yeah. How so you got here to San Diego. Start, started coaching at Concordia and then I went up to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo for three and a half years. And then after that, took an opportunity at University of Wisconsin in Madison, was there for a year, and then went to the University of Denver for five years, and then most recently was at the University of Virginia the last two years. So I joke with everyone, and now I'm back in San Diego. Everyone, Once I say that to them, they're like, you are literally the luckiest person alive. That's where everybody vacations, literally every one of those stops. And I said, listen, you have to know what you're passionate about and what is important to you, and living in good places is important to me. So been lucky, been fortunate. So growing up, were you like a big soccer fan growing up? Were you one of the guys... Waking up early, watching European <laughs> soccer? Or yeah. On that. So we always laugh now. And like, I think I'm getting to the age, uh, you know, I make my Austin Powers jokes and the guys just like, look at me. They've never, ever heard of Austin Powers. So I think I'm getting, I'm finally feeling old now. But yeah, I mean, we really had, you know, Champions League at that time was on ESPN and it was like Tommy Smith. And I can't even remember the other guy that was on there, but it was like, that was all that was on TV. And, and obviously I think the... Um, the, the Mexican League, and that was about it. So I grew up in Manchester United was all that was really on TV. So I just grew up following Manchester United. I was a goalkeeper. So Peter Schmeichel was like my idol. 
uh, watching Roy Keane and Beckham and Neville, uh, Cole and York um, and all these guys, Giggsy, uh, Skulls. You know, that was just the guys I grew up kind of idolizing and watching and kind of been following. It's been a rough, been a rough couple years here as a fan. So I think back to those better days. Um, but that's kind of how I got into it. And then, you know, my dad was a basketball player. Um, oddly enough, played at Michigan. So he's been a follow of Steve Fisher um, and Dutcher now for a while. So kind of a connection there. But, uh, you know, I don't think he had ever heard of soccer and just kind of threw it threw me into it because I was probably too rambunctious to do anything else and um, just kind of fell for it. And, you know, just just kept playing and, and going. And now we've we've been able to share some cool moments. We've been to Old Trafford twice together, um, which has been a pretty cool uh, moment. We saw a Champions League game and uh we've seen a couple other games so it's been that's been a cool experience together so you're a united supporter yes coach it was great doing the podcast <laughs> no, so you've actually been to old trafford a couple times i've been Tell to me old about those trips. i've been to old trafford i think six times uh been all over yeah i've been been lucky enough to go all over europe i think i've watched professional games in probably six or seven different countries uh countries? uh costa rica denmark sweden norway England, technically Wales, I consider a different country. So I think that's the six. I think that was six. So what but, stadiums have you visited in England? So in England, wow. Uh, I've been to Stamford Bridge, Craven Cottage, Old Upton Park, which was where West Ham, um, Old White Hard Lane, uh, Highbury before it changed over, and Emirates, uh, Old Trafford, obviously. Um Cardiff City, I can't remember the name of their I can't remember the name of their stadium. Um Liverpool or uh, Anfield, Goodison Park, uh been all over, yeah. Did you live there? No, I just went over. Uh I've been over. I've got a, a bunch of buddies that are English and went over one time and we did just kind of like a stadium tour. Another time just went over and um watched some games and yeah, just kind of made my way around i think being single probably helps being able to do some of those things yeah it, it provides the freedom to go out and do stadium tours across <laughs> yeah, england for sure so how old were you sure. the first time you went over first and time stadiums? i went over prom probably 25 i would want to say yeah it's so right after college yeah yeah that was a fun time let's talk about those stories what stadiums <laughs> did you go to then good thing my myspace isn't still alive wow, uh, you're definitely dating <laughs> some of those were mixed in on on that trip that that trip was anfield and it was actually funny my one of my really good friends is an everton supporter and uh lived right outside Right, right outside. So we went to Goodison first and walked us around. We did the whole stadium tour. And then we went over to Anfield and he just dropped us off outside the city gates. And he said, good luck. I'll see you guys in an hour. Would not go anywhere near it. Um, so, left? Yeah, just left us. Left us there, which if you know, like not the, you know, it's not in the best part of Liverpool. So, um, but just he wanted no part of it. So I think, um, and I think that's kind of when you first go over there and you get, the passion you get the understanding walking to the stadiums seeing the people it's their life like they support the team they live and die by the team and i think that's being able to be a part of that and see that grow here has been pretty special and i think that's really kind of changed my passion for the game to see it at in a different place and how important it is and um it's been fun to see it see it grow here i'm so excited to have the local team the loyal 
get out to those games. Um, been texting with Landon already. Obviously, Matt Hall is still kind of here um, as well. So I'm, I'm I'm excited to you know support them. I think we're going to try and get our whole team out to a game uh, and just kind of support soccer in, in San Diego professionally. It's awesome. Yeah, and the culture. Um, of the sport is really kind of what separates to me, in my opinion, it's what separates it from other sports. Yeah. And you, you talk about your dad was a basketball coach. Yeah. Yeah. So I, mean, yep. I don't know if he grew up watching soccer. Nah, no, just what I made him watch. I think that's part of it. I think everyone wants to know, you know, we have failures and obviously not making the world cup as, as a federation. And the last one was, was a failure. You know, and I think people want to know, and it's like, we're such a young country in terms of soccer. We talk about it all the time. Like all my friends now we're getting to the age of having kids and like, we would be the first kids that probably or the first parent coaches that probably played the game coaching our kids. Like it's still such a young, young country in terms of soccer experience and things like that. And, um, you know, I think as it continues to grow, we drop in these teams and you see the excitement even at the USL level, USL two level with big crowds and support. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm so, so excited for the future, um, in our country. All right. So I'm going to go back to a couple of questions on the stadiums in yeah, England. For sure. So in London, which stadiums have you been to? You mentioned Stamford Bridge. Yeah. Stamford Bridge, Craven Cottage, Upton Park, Emirates and Highbury, uh, White Hart Lane. Um, Speaking of bad parts of town. <laughs> whoa. Yeah. That was, that one was Upton Park too. That was, that was another one. Okay. You have five minutes once you get off the train to get back to this train. Yeah, How cool. would you rank the London stadiums? Craven Cottage is just like so amazing. It's got like the old wood seats. There's literally a cottage, a house in the stadium. That's why it's called Craven Cottage. Like the Thames is right there. There's balls like getting kicked into the river all the time. And at the time, there was such a contingent of Americans there. McBride was there at the time. I think Boca Negra was there at the time. Dempsey, I think, had just come over. Eddie Johnson was there. So it was such a cool time as an American fan, and they treated us so well. I think Keller might have been there at the time as well. So it was such a cool time as an American fan and watching all these guys and how they treated us at the stadium. The stadium was actually closed, and then they caught our American accents, and the guy, the steward, kind of let us in. So it was pretty cool, Like I think, just that overall experience, all the Americans there. And they were doing quite well at the time. Um, but the stadium just had that old kind of charm to it, which was so cool. Yeah, and it's in a great part of London as well. For sure, for sure. Which goes into it. You want yeah, to be in a good for sure. surrounding area. Yeah, and that like walk down, we we went to Stamford Bridge first, and then that kind of walk down, I think it's maybe Kensington is the area is. kind of through. Yeah, Kensington there and along the river was, was just a pretty cool experience. What did you think of the bridge? Uh, it was cool. It was a little stale. Um, I imagine you're a Chelsea supporter. Um <laughs> Yeah, it was a little stale, uh -huh. but yeah, go ahead. Um, but I'm a, I'm actually a big Mourinho supporter, so I think when he was, you know, uh, I could appreciate it at that time. So do so. you? What do you appreciate about Mourinho as a fellow coach? Just his passion, and he's a winner. Like, and you can say whatever you want about his style of play or his management or where he's burned his bridges. The guy wins everything, um, and. I think ultimately at that level, at that level, that's that's the thing that is matters the most is getting results, and and he's shown he can do it at all different clubs, um, all over the world, really.
Yeah, and uh, it doesn't always have to be an attractive style for them. Yeah, I mean, you could you can park a bus here or there, and you can win <laughs> trophies. Sure. There, you can do that. For What's sure. the style that you're going to bring here to San Diego? For sure. Yeah, I I definitely don't want to be that style. You don't uh, park not the, the bus? No, not not that. Not not that. Although we do play uh, uh, in a parking garage, so I guess there could be some similarities. Or on top of a parking garage, so I guess could be some similarities. But no, I think we're, we want to play an up up brand, up tempo, progressive brand. Uh, we want to come out of the back you know, with the ball, uh, we want to play through other teams' lines. We want to create transitions to get in behind teams. Uh, you know, and then defensively, we want to be extremely high-pressing team. Um, you know, I think with the stadium that we have, I, it allows us to be that way with the tighter confines. Um, so I think it will be an exciting up-tempo brand of, of football I you know a lot of what I watch now as a coach is probably Leicester and unfortunately probably Liverpool from a pure coaching perspective and I think that's what I want probably the closest team I could compare us to in in modern football right now of how I want to play well it's a very good comparison to have. <laughs> uh, for those who haven't been to the SDSU yeah. sports deck tell people about the yeah. uh, environment and yeah. where you guys play yeah it's uh it's pretty unique you know it is on the top of a you know, two-story parking garage, um, you know, which could be... You don't be, know that when you're actually on top of it. Yeah, you don't know. It's like almost at kind of ground level, you know, it's kind of just built down. But great surface, you know, they do a phenomenal job of, of upkeep on it. So shout out to our facilities and uh, field crew people here because it is not easy with track and field and, and women's soccer on it as well. You know, we all have to cohabitate up there, but... It's phenomenal. We trained on it the other day, and I was I was blown away at the the quality of it and um, the level of it. So, it, it's got some it's got some you know thinking about some of the small Division two, II, Division three stadiums I've been in all over Europe. It's got some some vibes to it. It's got a smaller charm um, where the fans I think can be right on top of you. It's right a lot of ways in the middle of campus, you know, we're right across from Viejas and right next to the athletic facilities. So it's kind of right. So many people walk by, you know, we have fraternity row and a lot of dorms and things like that. So there's so much foot traffic. So I think if we can get a stranglehold and start to turn around some of the results, I think it's a natural place for people to be drawn to, uh, and fans to come and, um, be crazy. I think that's the other cool thing about where we are as a country it's so like we'll go right outside right now and, and we'll see probably five people wearing soccer jerseys. Mm -hmm. So I think it's an exciting um, kind of unique time right now for building that culture and, and building a fan base here, um, you know, at the deck. So something that's unique with the men's soccer team here at San Diego State, you guys play in the Pac-12, yep. which is not something that every sport does here for on sure. campus. So what are the challenges and what are the opportunities that you guys have by playing in the Pac-12? Yeah, I, we had our first kind of full team meeting Full, full team meeting today uh, and I told them I said guys you have the, you have the probably the greatest responsibility on this campus you're the only program on this campus that's in the Pac-12 um, and that comes great responsibility people look at you differently and we have to approach it differently it, it matters how you carry yourself in the community it matters how you carry yourself in the classroom uh, and certainly matters how you carry yourself on the field and it's a big, big responsibility. Uh, it's probably the premier conference after the ACC. Uh, maybe the Big Ten will have an argument, but for argument's sake, we'll say the ACC and, and the Pac-12. So 
to be in it is 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 huge. It's huge for you guys as developing and aspiring professionals, um, and you know what we can do to push this program forward. So um, I think it definitely has its challenges. We're certainly not funded in the same way of other Pac-12 schools, um, but we have plenty. I think plenty here to be successful in the conference. What are some of the uh, road trips in the Pac-12 that maybe yeah. some people should? Uh be hitting the road and following the team. Yeah, so it's fun venues. It's a unique because we only have, and really the reason we're in the Pac-12, there's only five official Pac-12 soccer playing. So we're the sixth to make it uh, officially able to get an automatic bid. So the unique ones, I would play Oregon State. Uh, it's got an old wooden stand feel to it it's like kind of dark and dreary so you feel probably like you're you know away at uh, Bournemouth or something like that um so it's or away at Millwall or something it's got a kind of a, a unique feel to that I lost an NCAA tournament game there about five years ago and I was like this place is horrendous um but it's got it's got some life to it um you know the Stanford and Cal trip uh, just for expenses as a little bit of, um, you know, vibe to it. But I think always going to those places, uh, Washington is, is cool. It's beautiful right along the lake and they get a really, really good fan base there. And then UCLA just built their brand new stadium. So I think really every trip has a little bit of, a little bit of something to it. I think what's unique is the double round Robin is, is pretty unique for us. And, you know, more mirrors, probably international football. And I think it really tests you as a coach, too. You know, you have to change something from from the first game, um, you know, tactically. So I think it really challenges your staff. And I think it really challenges your team to, you know, be able to play teams twice and how you adjust and change things. So when you guys go to Corvallis, when you play Oregon State, will that be the first time you're back at the stadium since that is the first time? And that'll be a unique matchup. That's actually the last two assistants at Virginia. So Terry Boss was the assistant before me uh, at UVA and then took the head job. And then obviously I got this one. So that'll be a fun, fun matchup, too. So two former coaches. Yeah. Virginia yeah. squaring off in the Pac-12. Yeah. So the last time you were actually on the side of the field coaching a game, yeah. you were in the NCAA championship. I was in the NCAA championship 2013 with Denver. We lost 1-0. Um, and uh, yeah, that was a disappointing disappointing back and forth game. And so that was the last time, last time I've been there. And then as an assistant coach, yep. you were in a national championship as well. Yes, yes. Can we talk about it? Yeah, we is can talk about it. It's still a little because fresh. A, I mean, it's one of those. It's a national championship. <laughs> I mean, you can make penalties will yeah. work your heart out. For sure, for sure. Um, you guys lost a national championship in penalties. Like, no, I, it's... Months later, like, can you get over something like that? It's still... I. Uh, you don't ever... I think it's, it's always part of your story. Um, you know, I think I lost in a national final with Concordia in 2007. I lost in a final four in overtime in 2016 with Denver. Um, and then, you know, obviously we lost in penalties. So maybe I'm not the best guy to win a national title here. I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe I've had enough practice losing that, uh, you know, be good when, when the Aztecs get there. But uh, what an amazing experience. That group, it was phenomenal uh ability wise i think off the charts obviously you could see i think we had five guys turn pro after the season but who they are as people was even more special and i think that's you know we were chatting after the game as coaches and um that was what we were probably most sad about is we were just never going to coach that group of people again and it was such a unique i think we had eight or nine countries represented uh you know a few states it was such a unique melting pot of 
people and cultures and to see everybody put aside um in in a lot of ways selfish selfish endeavors to sacrifice for the team was was so so special on such a talented group which you don't often get um both of those but what an experience. Yeah, what an experience. We had a great ride, and we played some phenomenal teams along the way. SMU, um, Campbell, who was kind of a mid-major we played in the second round, who gave us a lot. Wake Forest, certainly in the semifinal, could have been a national title game. And then and then Georgetown in the final, um, very deserved winners, and um, I give them full credit. But, yeah, it was a special, special journey and one I'll never forget. And so now the next chapter of your story is here in San Diego, yeah. San Diego State. Yeah. Um, last thing for you, you mentioned you're, you're already talking with Landon Donovan with the yeah. USL Club. What do you guys talk about the two coaches here in town? Yeah, just it's been real brief. So he had our, you know, obviously soccer world is so small. George Gelnovach, who is the head coach at uh, UVA, had Landon. George was a, an assistant coach with Bruce on the 2002 World Cup team. So he coached Landon and has been allowing them. So they kind of connected us and just, you know, just chatted, kind of welcome. He welcomed me and you know just told him good luck and you know we're going to get up together here you know more in depth maybe once he settles into his season and i'm able to finally get my head above water um here but uh you know we'll connect like four days ago yeah listen i make a joke about the office being fresh it's because he literally just got to campus yeah but i think landon and i share a lot of the same views i've read some of his interviews and things like that i think we share a lot of the same views on on soccer being a vehicle to develop people, um, you know, and make people better. And I think we have, I think we can have a really strong relationship. I think, you know, touching a little bit on the college and pro journey. I think so many guys right now, there's, there's so many avenues to become a professional, but I think so many kids are just signing a contract. Um, and that's it. You know, they don't know how to be a pro. They don't know how to take care of their bodies. They don't know how to train hard every day. Um, they don't know what it is to have a kid at home uh, and have a wife that you're providing for. And I think those are the bridges that college soccer can help. You know, because I don't think everybody at 16, 17, 18 years old is certainly ready to be a professional. They can maybe sign a professional contract, but it, it takes a while for some people to mature and grow. And I think that's the avenue college soccer can provide an opportunity um, for them to fail and pick themselves up and learn and grow as a person and develop. And I think that can be the natural bridge to professional soccer or, or a different, a different road, I should say. Um, I think there's a lot of different paths to get there. Yeah. You'd be a lawyer at the end of it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Coach, uh, that was really well said. Thank you for uh, taking time and yeah. hanging out on the Unnamed Soccer Podcast. Yeah. We appreciate it. Welcome to San Diego. We look forward to checking out the team here on campus as soon as the season gets started. Thank you. My pleasure. Anytime you guys would want to have me on, I'd love to be on. And, um, you know, just excited for the program, excited for, excited for the future, um, excited to get as many fans out. Um, to the games as possible. We'll have a pretty exciting spring slate, uh, which will be free admission. All our games in the fall will be free admission as well. So we'll have some exciting games, obviously, Stanford, all the Pac-12 games, Stanford, UCLA, Cal. We'll have some exciting um, regional rivalries with UC San Diego coming over, um, Cal State Northridge coming. So we'll have some exciting games um, 
you know, in the fall and, and don't forget to support our women's program as well. I love what Mike, uh, Mike Friesen's doing over there, a uh, big supporter of the women's game. So make sure you guys are supporting them as well. Their team was so fun last season. Yeah, they're they good on that run yeah. in the year. Yeah. As soon as conference started. Yeah. Now I, I, I love Mike. We share a lot of the same values and philosophies. Um, we're going to have a couple double headers and things like that during out the season too. So would love for them to have, uh, have a lot of support as well. Coach, thanks again. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you.